Welcome back to the Market to Online podcast, where we help new and not so new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. Well, here we are, friends, winding our way down in this copywriting series. Presently, we are at episode number five. Feels like we've been here much longer than that, though. But that's okay. It just means I'm putting out a lot of content that you can use in your online marketing. And that was the goal. After four episodes, I believe I've already achieved that goal. And now I'm working on the deliver more than you promise portion in this episode and the final one next week. So without further ado, let's get busy with episode number five. Let's start looking at the art and science of writing effective copy. Writing effective copy is both an art and a science. And we will start by asking, how is writing and an effective copy an art? It's an art because it requires creativity, a sense of beauty and style, a certain aptitude, mastery, and special knowledge. Artistic advertising allows you to create content marketing that's not just practical and persuasive, but awe-inspiring and breathtaking. That's amazing, right? Now, what about effective copy as a science? Writing effective copy is also a science because it exists in the world of test, trial, and failure, improvement, breakthroughs, education, and predictability. And that makes sense, right? Scientific advertising allows you to develop an idea, then test that idea. It's how you know if your content marketing is working. In bad copy, one or both of these elements are missing. In good copy, both are abundant. Now we're going to explore 10 examples of good copy living and selling out in the wild. Let's start with number one. Plain copy. The most basic approach to writing effective copy is to simply introduce the product without gimmick or style. It's a simple presentation of the facts and benefits. There's no story. There's no conversation, really. There's no sizzle and no superlative claims. So let's think Google Analytics. Google's copy isn't going to win any literary awards, but it will get the job done. It will give a prospect the information she needs to make an informed decision about the product. Right now, I'm on the Google Analytics site, and at the top of the page is a simple message and a call to action. It simply says, Get to know your customers with a call to action. Start for free. You just cannot get much simpler than that. Number two, storytelling copy. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this before. Everyone loves a good story. We like hearing about people, especially interesting people, 
We want to know more about people who suffered challenges we can relate to, who can tell us how they overcame those challenges. And the moral of the story, coincidentally, is that your product was the catalyst to overcome those odds. You might find this storytelling technique in an email series, a landing page, Facebook post or ad, Instagram feed, Pinterest pin, or a short video. Whatever the format, you'll get four basic traits in the story. First, the opening. Here you introduce the pain. Show how the character of the story had a normal life, then how that life was shattered by a tragic change of events. Second, conflict. How is the life of the main character threatened if he or she does not respond to the problem? What does her journey look like as she tackles this challenge? Third, dialogue. People are drawn to conversations in a story. It's human interest at its root. Two people talking to each other. We're also drawn to dialogue because it's easy to read. And finally, fourth, solution. Your product is introduced as a cure for your character's problem. You increase the credibility of your product by sharing specific results, such as 347% increase in conversion, for example. Your story doesn't have to be dramatic. It just has to be interesting to your target audience. And this is where good research comes in. Continuing on in our 10 items, number 3. Conversational copy. John Cables calls conversational copy, you and me. Write this style of copy like a conversation between two people, the copywriter and the prospect. So the language here would be no different than a salesman sitting down for lunch with a customer and talking through a sales presentation. It's a straightforward approach that tries to identify with the reader, such as, I know how you feel. I felt the same way. That all changed when I found X, Y, and Z. Keep in mind that you don't have to be a polished copywriter to create an effective conversational copy. Often your passion for the product will come to life on the page. You can record a conversation about the product, transcribe that conversation, and use it as a rough draft. It's an easy way to create natural conversational copy. Number four, John Lennon copy. When John Lennon asked us to imagine there was no heaven or hell, no countries, religion, or war, he was using an effective tool of persuasion, imaginative copy. As an advertiser, you can ask your target audience to imagine a painless way to lose weight or what it would feel like to be a successful travel writer or marketer. Imaginative copy typically begins with words like imagine, close your eyes, pretend for a moment, discover, or picture this. 
in the first paragraph of the text. This is the concept behind AWAI's Barefoot Rider presentation. Let's take a closer look at just one presentation. It goes like this, and this one is called The Perfect Life. Here we go. It was a sunny spring Tuesday in Vermont, the kind of day we wait for all winter long. I had just finished playing ball with my dog, and I was loading my golf clubs into the car when a neighbor came up to me. I have to ask you, he said. I see you home every day, playing with your dog, puttering around the house, loading up your brand new car with skis and golf clubs and suitcases, taking all these trips. You're too young to be retired, yet I never see you working. Do you mind me asking? Just what is it you do? That's when I knew I had found the perfect life. Here's how you can have it too. In this example, you're asked to imagine your life in a certain way, to picture what it would be like to live your dream, whatever that dream might be. Then the copywriter paints a picture of achieving that ideal life through your product. Number five, long copy. The fundamental premise behind long copy is the more you tell, the more you sell. Ads that are long on facts and benefits will convert well. Unlike a face-to-face conversation with a salesman, a written ad has only one chance to convert a reader. If you get in front of the reader, you've got to lay it all out on the table. Take the Google Analytics example above. On that site, besides the headline and the call to action I highlighted, there is page after page of facts and benefits that are presented because the proposition isn't simple. Typical prospects are going to be asking a lot of questions. Better to anticipate those questions and answer them in the copy. But when you're following the basic rules of content marketing that works, remember that you don't have to present all the facts and benefits up front. You can leak the presentation for weeks through an email autoresponder. In this way, you're turning long copy into short, easily digestible snippets. Number six, killer poet copy. Honestly, who doesn't love Ernest Hemingway and David Sedaris? But we aren't so enamored by their writing abilities that we try to imitate their styles at the expense of teaching and selling. Our goal, and yours should be similar, isn't to convince the audience that you're smart. It's educating and selling with their copy. As David Ogilvy once said, we sell or else. But we try to sell with style. We try to balance the killer with the poet. Killer Poet Copy sees writing as a means to an end, making a sale, and the ad as an end in itself, a beautiful design and moving story. 
In other words, the killer poet combined style with selling, creativity with marketing, and story with a solution. Number seven, direct from the CEO copy. It's a known fact, third-party endorsements can help you sell products. But it's equally effective to position your selling argument as direct communication between the company founder and his or her customer. This down-to-earth approach levels the playing field. It telegraphs to the customer, see, the CEO isn't some cold and remote figurehead interested in profit only. He's approachable and friendly. He cares about us. Jeff Bezos of Amazon is a superb example. Here's just one such ad done a few years ago. It starts like this. Dear Customers, We launched Amazon Prime seven years ago with unlimited free two-day shipping on over a million different products. Today, Prime includes instant streaming of over 30,000 movies and TV episodes, nearly 200,000 books in the Kindle Owner's Lending Library, and expanded free two-day shipping, now on over 15 million items. Despite all these things, one thing remains the same. Prime is still just $79 a year. We think this makes Prime the best bargain in the history of shopping. This holiday season, avoid the lines and enjoy free two-day shipping, even for last-minute gifts. And when you're not shopping, choose a book from the New York Times bestseller list or sit back and watch a movie in stunning HD on one of our affordable new Kindle devices. Starting at $159 for the Fire and $199 for the Fire HD. If you haven't tried Amazon Prime, sign up for a one-month free trial today and join millions of members who have already discovered the convenience and improved speed that Prime delivers. Happy shopping, happy reading, and happy watching. Jeff Bezos, founder and CEO. Notice this letter is conversational as well as plain. It's a simple statement of the facts and benefits between two people, Jeff and you. Number eight, frank copy. Some copy will explain the ugly truth about the product. This approach doesn't start with the jewels of your goods. It starts with the warts. When selling a car, you might point out the endless repairs that need to be done. Thin brake pads, leaky transmission, busted sway bar, and inoperable dashboard. Before you introduce the leather seats, monsoon stereo system, sunroof, brand new tires, and supercharged engine. What you're saying is this car will need a lot of TLC. You might even go as far as to say, make no mistake here, there's much work to be done here. And here's a curious thing. When you are honest and transparent about the product's weakness, the customer trusts you. When the reader trusts you, 
they will be considerably more likely to believe you when you point out the good qualities of your product. Number nine, superlative copy. There are also times when you can make outlandish claims. Claims like, these are actual ads, a revolutionary material from this Nevada mine could make investors a fortune in 2013. Stores across the United States selling out of what some call a new miracle diet fighter. Obey this one weird loophole to get car insurance as low as $9. But you can only make extraordinary claims when you have the proof to back it up. The evidence can be in statistics, testimonials, or research, or preferably all three. The problem with superlative copy is that it's often hard to make outlandish claims and not sound like you are hyping it up. So use this type of copy sparingly. Generally, it's good to follow the remove all hype policy. And finally, number 10, rejection copy. Rejection copy turns conventional wisdom on its head and tries to discourage people from being interested in your product. This type of copy is a direct challenge to the reader, the idea that only an exclusive set of people are invited to use a product that leverages the velvet rope approach. The American Express black card is a good example here. This card is reserved for the world's wealthiest and most elite. The only way you can get your hands on one is if you are invited. Similarly, consider the dating site Beautiful People. If you want to be part of this exclusive dating club made up of beautiful people, then you must be voted in by existing members. Potential rejection startles readers. They don't expect to be turned down, especially not from an advertiser. This approach also keys into our sense of wanting to belong. It generates that curiosity itch and activates our pride. We think, how dare they say I might not be good enough to get into their club? I'll show them. So in conclusion, in the end, great copy often combines several of these techniques in one ad. The CEO of a company writes a conversational sales letter built around a story about his passion for his product, whether it is peaches or water pumps. A copywriter writes a long rejection ad that explains why certain people were excluded from receiving an invitation to dine in an exclusive restaurant. Or a Seville Row tailor writes a plain but elegant sales letter about his suits, which have been worn by kings and presidents. Yes, this is the art and science of copywriting. Now that you've seen examples of great copywriting, let's look at the flip side. What does really bad copywriting look like? We'll look at that in our next and final episode, episode number six, next week. See you there. And don't be scared. I'm sure you haven't written any bad copy, right? We'll see. 
Until then. No matter if you are new to online marketing or a struggling veteran, keep coming back where you will learn how to develop your online strategies so you can achieve the success you desire. And hey, if you've not done so, please click on the subscribe button or inside the podcast app you're using, click follow so you'll not miss even one exciting episode. And while you're at it, why not go to market2online.com and see what resources we have available. You've been listening to the Market 2 Online podcast, where we help new and not-so-new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. Thanks for listening.